All right, we have got something very special for all of you today. Stay tuned to episode 147 right here on RNFM Radio. Well, hello there, nurses, and thanks so much for tuning in on The Pulse of Nursing. You're, of course, listening to RNFM Radio, where we interview and hang out with the leaders and thought provokers in our industry. And today is definitely a leader and thought provoker, but it is not a traditional interview. Actually, it's not even an interview at all, and it's not just Keith and myself. We have got a really special surprise for you. But before we get to that, I just want to thank everyone out there sharing our podcast out there, hanging out on rnfmradio.com to find out more, and ratings and reviews on iTunes. I can't thank you enough. And if you haven't head head over there yet to iTunes or any of our platforms to rate, review, follow, and get this show in the ears and hearts of all those nurses out there, please, we really appreciate that. We can't thank you enough for that support. Now, Let's not belabor the point because we do have a very special surprise for you today. RNFM Radio is ever-changing here, and we want to share these changes with you right now here on episode 147. So I'm going to do the honor of, well, actually, just the honor of bringing in my wonderful co-host, Keith Carlson. So, Keith, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great, Kevin. Thanks. It's great to be here with you. Always great to hear your voice and be on the mic with you just chatting and talking about whatever's on our minds unless we have something specific to say. And today we have something specific to say in terms of welcoming a surprise special guest co-host. She's not really here as a guest per se like she has been, I I don't know, four times in the past. She's here actually as a co-host just to check in and have a chat. You can see this almost as like a... um, early springtime fireside chat between Kevin Keith and the amazing, drumroll please, Elizabeth Scala. So Elizabeth Scala is here with us today just to hang out and talk about nursing and what we're up to these days. So Elizabeth over in Baltimore, Maryland, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Keith. Thank you for asking and hello to all the listeners out there. I'm excited, I'm honored, and I'm really looking forward to being here with the group, hanging out with our fireside chat. And hello to you as well, Kevin. Yes, well, definitely, Elizabeth. You know, you and I rock it out on the phone here and there. We check in, you know, we're going emails back and forth. And I have to admit, and of course, Elizabeth already knows this and Keith does too, this is something that we've been trying to work on for quite some time now. And whether it's just been bandwidth, schedules, whatever that is, now we're trying to sync up because we... Of course, we're trying to introduce Elizabeth as part of the RNFM radio community, as part of a co-host here. And again, as Keith said, she's been a guest here for quite some time. I think you might have been on our show. And now it's, you know, our, your show, like together, you've been here, you're an alum at least four times, maybe even five, something like that. And it's just an honor to be just in your presence right here on the mic. You're right about that, Kevin and Keith. I look back at my emails to 
you know, find out what's going on. And when I search RNFM radio, I think it goes back to like 2012. So I definitely have been on the show multiple times. And of course, I'm here to join you all because I've enjoyed it so much. You guys are great hosts, and I'm looking forward to contributing in the ways that I'm able to. So thanks for the invitation. Sure. Thank you, Elizabeth. And you know, something I always say about you, and I've said it on the show before, I'm going to say it right now so everybody hears it again, that when Elizabeth Scala is talking on the microphone and you can't see her, even though she's great on video, we're doing audio right now, you can always tell she's smiling. It's just the most amazing thing. Elizabeth's smile just comes through audio. It's I don't know if any other person I know has a audio-based smile, but you absolutely do, Elizabeth. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. I think my laugh, my laugh might come through, too, as I'm sitting here hysterically laughing and beaming, smiling, so thank you. Well, you're, yeah, it well, definitely does come through, don't you say, Kev? Well, yeah, it's something that we need more nursing, you know, Elizabeth, and that's what I really love, the fact that you have been offering that to nurses for, for so long, not necessarily just marketing yourself or branding yourself as like the laughter nurse, uh, so to speak, but you always do have that engaged smile, that laugh, that, that real sort of articulate and authentic connection with, with nurses. And I know that you're there for them. And, you know, what I wanted to do is take an opportunity because I know this is definitely an area where you're thriving right now. And I want to know a little bit more about this. And again, it's, we're not interviewing you. We, we just want, you're just going to be a part of this conversation, but what kind of struck a chord with me, and this is a great way to launch and catapult this sort of togetherness as co-host on RNFM radio is that I do want to briefly showcase uh, Andrew Lopez, Nurse Friendly, and of course, NurseUp.com. He's got this fabulous forum on Facebook. It's a public forum, and I encourage all of you out there who are nurses to get engaged over there at NurseUp, and we'll put those links in the show notes. But this is something that we know we're moving the needle, Elizabeth. I know that you're moving the needle over there to try to really bring awareness uh, to the forefront of nursing, of what nursing is really today, the paradigm shift that's actually occurring. And I still think that there are many nurses that they don't know what's happening. Now, I'm not going to call out any names because I didn't really ask permission at first. I know it's a public forum. Uh, and, and, of course, this public forum, it's not a private group. But for right now, just for the sake of just not calling people out, I want to take this opportunity to really start pulling apart some of the conversation and analyzing it and offering some input on this. So I, I want to start off by one of the users over there at NurseUp talking about a, a very long and passionate thread, as she, as she mentions, uh, discussing the things that need to change in nursing. She doesn't necessarily want to distract from the discussions that are going on, uh, but she wants to find ways that nurses could could publicize what's happening in hospitals and speaking about it in public. Now, of course, we're mindful of HIPAA and all of that PHI that we certainly don't want to spill out there, but ultimately, we really want to bring to the forefront, we know as nurses that when we're overworked, we are ultimately putting our patients and our clients that we're working with at risk because we are overworked. We are stressed out. There is lateral violence. There is bullying going on. And so how can we today organize nurses to, instead of walkouts and callouts and, and, and going with unions, how can we actually take this opportunity with social media and platforms like RNFM Radio and really get the word out? And ultimately, I think that that's the issue is that maybe she doesn't realize the word is getting out. We just keep need to keep moving forward. But I just wanted to talk to you know about your thoughts on this, Elizabeth. And of course, Keith, you can chime in as well. How are we moving that needle? How can we actually continue to push that movement forward? Well, you know, that's a really good question. 
uh, and, and, and also example, I've seen similar posts on lots of social media, these kind of long rants or vents or complaints or just, you know, feelings expressed online. And I'm mindful of what we were just talking about in terms of, you know, gathering as a group talking about the fact that we wanted to have a show um, where the three of us were able to chat, were able to talk about nursing, and we've been talking about it for a year, okay? But change takes time. So we had that thought. We had it in our mental minds. Then we started, you know, Kevin reached out to me. We started discussing it over the phone. Then Keith emailed me, and we started discussing it via email. And then now here we are today. It's come to fruition, so for me, what I like to do is think about, you know, the vision of how I want nursing to be for me. You know, if I want to enjoy it, if I want to experience it in a positive light and have those thoughts because that becomes then our experience. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's a practice that I've, I've come to really embody and embrace over time, but I just believe that for the historical part of our nursing profession it's been sort of more of woe is me and the victim stance or I'm a martyr or I'm an angel or I'm a, a you know all these things that um, kind of put us down if we can kind of shift our thinking um, to more of how we want to see the nursing profession and all start to think that way collectively oh my gosh it would be there would be major impacts and, and shifts in the practice does that make sense at all of course of course. And I love that you're saying that. And now, obviously, I want to have, you know, Keith, you're probably, Keith, you've been with, with RNFM. We've been together for almost four years now. We've been talking about this stuff for years. We have. So obviously, we need to amplify a little bit more. I mean, our podcast has a ton of reach, but apparently, we need, need to continue to amplify that reach. Right, we do. And it all depends, really. We're talking about these various disparate conversations that are happening online, for instance. And sure, and we, we mentioned the word complaint, and we can all admit that nurses like to get together and complain about administration and insurance and the Affordable Care Act and mandatory overtime, et cetera, et cetera. So we can wax poetic about, or non-poetic, about the things we're not happy about. But like Elizabeth said, Elizabeth, I know you focus on the positive. I kind of get that that's your modus operandi. I mean, you focus on the positive and that's where you try to move people to. And that's, I think, what we're trying to do here over time. And it is a question of how do we move those conversations in a forward way, in a forward direction, and also what conversations are the salient ones to be having? And sure, like I said, we can get together and we can bitch and moan and talk about the things we don't like. However, those conversations aren't necessarily always constructive. They might get some stress off our chest and get things said that need to be said. But then we need to turn around and say, okay, now what are we going to do to change things? How are we going to make things different for ourselves and others? Do you, do you see where I'm going with that? Well, I mean, I do, and I know Elizabeth, you do. I mean, we're singing the same tune right now. Of course, I'm not singing, but we're definitely, you know, staying. You can sing. You can sing if you want. I have before. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a good point, Keith, to bring up. You know, there is some value, let's say, in the ability to get the feelings expressed. We don't want to push them down, avoid them, numb them, dumb them, whatever. So having those 
places, those outlets for safe emotional expression. But as you said, okay, and, and here's an example of what I've heard one nursing group do. You know, they go out, they talk about these these emotions for maybe 15 minutes of the time, but have a really have a specific time for that. And then when the time is up, the timer goes off, the cookies are baked, and then you can move on to how are we uh, solving problems? How are we becoming a part of the solution? So I'm not really, you know, I would never want to say the feelings and emotions expressed by a nurse are not real and they're not valued. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying, okay, uh, you know, let have that happen, let those go, and then focus on what we can envision for the future. Exactly. I mean, this is what I was trying to respond to in the group. And you're right. I don't want to necessarily put that, shove that under the rug or sweep that under the rug or not shed some light on it. My, my response within the group was, yeah, the messaging has to be something that these nurses, what, what, we have to agree upon something. And we need to spin this in a positive way um, otherwise, all the negative stuff that's happening, it just becomes so polarizing that regardless of whether you're a nurse or it's the public, they're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can even look at that anymore because it's, it just sounds like so toxic. It becomes so toxic. And yes, I realize there are toxic work environments and nursing in some aspects seems toxic, but you're right. We need to bring the solutions together. We are a smart profession. We are professionals here and we are smart and together we can really start spinning some positive stuff here on the things that are occurring, this paradigm shift. There are, in fact, small pockets where the needle is moving in the right direction. We just need to amplify that. Because here's the thing. It, we have access to so many clients here in the state of Colorado. And with more people becoming insured now, there becomes more choices in the providers that they have access to. And what that means also is that they're using social media, online reviews, blogs and all kinds of other media out there to really gauge the level of service that these providers are actually providing. So more and more patients are actually having some decisions uh, within the care that they are so, you know, so after because they, they have now they're covered. And so people are avoiding those places where the reviews are terrible or maybe people are overworked. So why can't we showcase the more positive aspects of healthcare that again, I know they're small pockets and most of you are like, well, yeah, where are they? Because I'm looking left and right and I can't find them. But I think if we can really amplify, like this is the way it should be and I'm going to go there. Just like you would you would be a a, a, a patron of, of any other uh, consumable, like going to a certain store or a restaurant. I realize healthcare is not a store or a restaurant, but still it's a business. And so I see like we can help empower our patients by choosing places that are cultivating that kind of positive work environment. I don't know. I mean- Maybe I just kind of ranted and went off on the on a total you know deep end here, but I'm just saying like from from a branding standpoint, we need to also take the opportunity to amplify some of this positive stuff that's happening and the fact that nurses are bringing ideas and solutions to the table, and we just need to put a spotlight on that. I was just gonna say, and there are pockets, you know, we the. I wrote something today on my blog about this in terms of it, our culture, just culturally, the world sort of encourage us to look for the negative. You know, it's very fear-based. It's very worried. It's very doubting. It's very lack mentality. And there are organizations, because like, 
for example, the post that you're speaking of, let's say in the nurse up forum could potentially be, could potentially have been posted by a clinical nurse. I'm not sure. I didn't see it. I don't know this person. Let's just say, but think about the executive level nurses. They have challenges of their own and they are some of them probably trying to um, advocate for their staff, but they have pressures in different ways. So sometimes it's even about putting ourselves in the shoes of another level nurse. You know, I've had conversations, I've been honored and blessed to have conversations for the past two weeks with CNOs across the country who are looking for ways to appreciate their staff and it's hard for them to do so. So, you know, sure we can complain about things, but we really also have to look at the bigger picture in terms of what other people are pressured to do. And it's not like they're just trying to make it hard for us to work. It's it's just sometimes what they are dealing with on their end. That's a very good point. And I love how you mentioned that notion of putting yourself in the shoes of another person. Because say you're a nurse on the step-down unit and you're really annoyed by the way the, I don't know, the surgeon or the physician walks through the unit giving orders or comes through and starts maybe criticizing what the nurses are doing, or maybe the nurses are feeling critical of that particular physician or provider. So walking in the steps of the other does help one begin to understand what that person's perspective is, what they're going through, what the pressures of their particular position are. And we often don't know. And just like the, you know, back in the day, this is kind of going off on a little tangent, but I'll just, I just I love tangents. Oh, good. Run with it, man. You (laughs) go. When I worked in Springfield, Massachusetts, doing a lot of intensive HIV case management back in the 90s, basically in early 2000s, one thing these two doctors I knew did is they took antiretrovirals because they wanted to know what their patients felt like. They wanted to feel the side effects, which was pretty radical. Wow, so, that is radical, man. Yeah. Holy They were smokes. taking D4T and AZT and saying, hmm, I want to feel what that nausea is actually like, or I want to see what that gnawing feeling in the gut is when I take AZT. And so uh, that's a pretty extreme measure. However, Elizabeth, when you mentioned that notion of walking in the shoes of another how do we know what the other is experiencing and how do we know what stresses that person is under? And that's why I appreciate things like nonviolent communication and other practices where we learn how to communicate and be together in a collective space where we can take that negativity down a notch and increase collaboration and that notion of mutual understanding. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's all about relationship and really coming to understand um, how to feel clear and confident in your conversations. But I mean, and that really begins with having that confidence and esteem and worthiness within yourself. So it comes back to, I believe, changing the entire culture, changing the entire profession. It, It has to start from within yourself and being a change agent, even if it's hard uh, because you're like standing alone in your organization and you're the only one who's positive, let's say, and everybody's like, look at her. But I mean, people make shifts due to behave, like observing a behavior and seeing how someone's acting and feeling their energy. They're not going to change just because we tell them to. Right. Yeah. You're, you, you are so right. And I think one of the things too, from the from the C level executives, and maybe even sort of the the 
middle uh, of management uh, levels. And so what where I really want to take this is to say like sometimes time is such an investment that oftentimes it seems like, well, we don't have enough of it. Like you can, you can make enough money, but then I don't have enough time. But I think we need to tweak it a little bit to say, well, what if I do invest? And I'm not saying go out and uh, dose yourself with like AZT and, and things like that. I mean, that is a radical movement. And Keith, I can't believe I didn't know that after like four years. Hey, I have, but I have secrets. Come on. I know you do. All right. Well, more skeletons to come on RNFM. But seriously, it, it's one of those things I think if, if we invest just a little bit of time on all levels of the healthcare system, from the C-level to middle management to the, the nurses at the bedside and, and on throughout the hierarchy of, of this spectrum of healthcare, which actually I think the hierarchy should be flattened, but that's for, another, that's for another time. But I think if we can at least invest a little bit of time to get a little bit more granular with what it really takes to, uh, and remember back when, when maybe you were at the bedside and what that really felt like. And as, as managers, we do want to empower our clinicians, our fellow nurses out there and healthcare providers providing that direct care. I mean, I think ultimately deep down, we want them to feel empowered. But when you do bring all that negative and it's negative and it continues to be negative without some of the solutions or some of the answers that maybe these, this management is, is looking for and seeking, because I, I always encourage uh, regardless of where you are in the organization, if there's an issue, don't just point it out, but try to be proactive and engage and, and don't wait for that opportunity. Take that opportunity, seize that opportunity to actually say, you know what, I'm seeing something here, but how about if we look at it like this? Is, there, is this a possible solution that we might be able to reach? So bringing some solutions to the table would be very helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. So Elizabeth, I have a question for you. I'm a CNO. A lot of people know that. Some don't. I'm the chief nursing officer and director of nursing of a small home care agency. And part of what I'm trying to do there with the culture as we we just passed our joint commission survey, which I announced a few weeks ago on RNFM Radio, and we're hiring nurses and clinicians. And I'm trying to actively create a positive, what I'm calling an open source culture, where every clinician, everybody who works at the agency has complete um, what would you say, a complete opportunity to voice their opinion, to say what's going on. And every time we have a meeting, we have a check-in. Every single person gets to check in and say, you know, I'm having a hard time with this or I'm having a hard time with that. And I always ask the question, I look everyone in the eyes and I say, what's going on? Does anyone have anything they need to share? I don't care what it is. So from your perspective as someone who does Reiki, who's someone who's sensitive to energy and you understand group dynamics. So what would you say to like nurses out there in organizations who want to have a culture where they feel like that can all be honored? Do you, do you have something you'd like to speak to that? Well, Keith, thank you for the question and I'll respond in a moment, but let me just say, I saw that online, the CNO, and I was like, woohoo, Keith, You're like, what's up you. with that? No, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank so you. that is just, oh, what a, what a, what a great accomplishment. And, and goodness, people listening to the show are probably banging down the door to come work for you. You're going to have so many different, uh, wonderful opportunities to hire exceptional nurses. Oh, thanks. Well, send me your resumes, folks. But anyway. <laughs> so get those LinkedIn profiles up to right. date too. Exactly. <laughs> we should, we need a show on that though, because yeah, yeah, some of them definitely. are atrocious. They, um, uh, 
let's let me answer that just from the individual nurse perspective first i guess and mm. in terms of how i would encourage someone to feel that confidence to speak you know their truth to speak authentically if they are feeling overwhelmed if they don't like how another colleague's working with them if if they're not happy with how keith is cno knowing the operation you know cno <laughs> knowing i love it exactly you need to have um confidence and you need to sort of feel worthy that your opinion that your voice matters and trust me i even as little as I'd say two years ago, maybe even less, to be honest, was not at that place. Um, I always felt like I had to be perfect or I had to excel and get straight A's or good grades or do good for appreciation because I wasn't enough and I'm not good enough or I'm not old enough yet to be an entrepreneur. All these crazy thoughts. So, you know, to actually have that confidence, to have that um, ability to speak up in a conversation, especially in one that you feel intimidated in, you really have to feel worthy and valuable within yourself. So there are a ton of practices that I could recommend because I do them myself on close to a daily basis. Um, for example, journaling, for example, um, using intentional affirmation statements for doing energy clearing, literally. I mean, I've, I've actually worked with a person who, and this may sound a little woo woo, but I don't know how it works. I don't hundred percent understand it, but I felt better since doing it. I've been working with someone who clears energy blocks that may go way back in time. So it's a lot of inner work. It's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of growth. And then it's a lot of stepping into your own value. So those are just some things I would suggest for the individual. It's really having that ability to love, value, and respect yourself really deeply and unconditionally to be able to come to a conversation and speak with confidence. Does that, I mean, does that answer your question in terms of for your employees, Keith? Oh my God, totally. Oh my, you just nailed it. And, yeah. you know, I live in Santa Fe, so you, you can't scare me with woo-woo. So <laughs> we, we, we can talk another time. All right, you um, two, go hug a tree. That's right. Um, <laughs> but really, seriously, Elizabeth, it's... It is that that confidence and that confidence, I think, for some nurses, especially younger, more novice nurses who are new to the profession and new to healthcare, they feel intimidated. They don't know how to go to a doctor and say, you know, doctor, the way you spoke to me the other day, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you can fill in the blanks. That is not easy to do. So a lot of nurses out there just have to feel something they have to feel some way to be able to to be able to screw up their courage and say yeah i can say what i need to say and be accepted and be heard so thank you for saying what you did i'm going to have to go back and listen to that again because it's going to be very empowering for me <laughs> yeah, yeah and and really quickly just to point out to folks listening because they're probably like well great like she gave examples but i don't get how to do it like mm -hmm. One thing is it takes practice, trust me. So as I mentioned a few moments ago, I've been talking to CNOs across the country. Well, last year when I had that in mind, it was 
terrifying. And I literally, I told my husband this story at dinner the other day because it's a shock to me about how much I've grown in the past year. So last year, if I made three calls, and I would sit there staring at the phone, staring at it, staring at it some more. Okay, you can dial. But I, if I made three calls, I would I would totally celebrate that day. I'd go out for a walk. I'd give myself a huge pat on the back. You did three. Oh my gosh, you did three today. Okay, you don't have to do any for the rest of the month. But this year, it's it's gotten so much easier, and I can do more than three in one day, and I can do more than three in one week, but it takes practice. So if you're not confident, if you can't have those conversations with colleagues, doctors, management, whoever the challenging person is, maybe practice looking at yourself in the mirror. Maybe tape yourself and listen to how you sound. Just keep doing it over and over. It just takes practice because these aren't skills that we learn in school, yet now as adults, we're trying to learn a new language, and that's one of the hardest things to do. Well, yeah, and the organization, and, and I know Keith isn't in this position. I mean, you're a CNO, but mm-hmm. I know that you're approachable, Keith, and nurses do need to feel empowered in a way. Like, I don't know, if you just got to shout it out like over some overhead or some comm or send out an email to say, hey, listen, you know what? We want you to come to us, and this is not going to be a punitive thing. We want to hear from you. We want feedback because ultimately, if you're asking those who have the boots on the ground, like right there at the front lines or at the bedside or wherever you're working, I mean, you need that kind of intel. You need that kind of communication because when you're at a certain level within the organization of, of that hierarchy, you're, you're kind of focused on some of that bigger view things. It doesn't mean like bigger is better. It just means like you're at that 10,000-foot view of the organization and overarching stuff, and yet you could still lose sight of what's going on down there with those boots on the, on the ground so yeah, if we can at least empower nurses at the executive level to say, you know what, here, all the barriers are down, the walls are down, my door is open, I want to hear from you. And, and uh-huh. guess what? This is not something that I'm putting in some sort of performance review, like you are shouting at me or you're disgruntled or you don't like me or whatever that is. No, this is like, I want to hear from you and don't worry, this isn't about it being on a record or the record or your record. Like, just tell me. I want the feedback so that I can help make some change. Because I think ultimately management does want to make change. Sure. And I think they want to know. You know what it is? It's we're using our assumptions and assumptions <laughs> typically are wrong. So why not take a risk and go talk to someone? I mean, that's the thing with my example of making the calls. The worst thing that could have happened to me is the person said no. So what it, I mean, how, how is that a terrible thing? It, it's we're making assumptions that they don't want to hear from us when I, I bet that they would, like you just said. That's a great point. Right. And making those assumptions never helps. And it's not something we want to do in our communication. And it's definitely not something we want to do with our colleagues, because like I said a few minutes ago, we don't know what's going on for that other person. We don't know what other stressors are happening. And it isn't to make excuses for someone like, oh, she's in the middle of a divorce. So you know, she can be mean to me, but we can say, oh, she's in the middle of a divorce and maybe she's carrying too much on her shoulders right now. How can I be more present for her? How can I make this a little easier for her? So it's not making excuses for people, but it's, it's understanding it's, I mean, really in the end, doesn't it come down to compassion? Yeah. 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 I I think so. I mean, I think compassion is, is a good one. And I also think as part of the empowerment, going back to the management thing, what I've tried to instill in, in my team, and, and apparently it's working because I'm very proud to say on Glassdoor.com, and if you haven't heard of Glassdoor, you can go there 
to find out what it's like to work in certain companies. And there are healthcare companies listed, and one of them, and mine is one of them. And and it's still a small uh, group there following that, but still, I, I'm getting sort of the CEO approval because. And again, I must be doing something right. And I want to encourage all of those executives to do the same thing. I'll have people at, at first, they were rolling up in my office and like, hey, sorry to bother you. And I'd say, please walk out of my office, come back in and say, <laughs> and don't say that. I like please. that. I welcome the I welcome the opportunity to speak with you because you're part of my team. We are on the same team here. You're not bothering me. You want to talk or you want to bring something to me or you have an idea or you have something. So you're not bothering me. Again, it's I level the, the hierarchy within my company. I'm CEO just because technically I have to be for for the sake of the taxes and just uh-huh. the corporate entity itself. But but I don't care intern, clinical, uh, regardless of your clinical background or or level that you are at as a clinician. It's all the same in my company, and that's and that's how we just run. But I realize I'm I'm an isolated event, but this can certainly spread throughout the ethers of the healthcare system. Absolutely. Well, you know, Elizabeth Scala, we can spread you around the ethers of the healthcare system because you have so many positive things to say. And like we said, you always put a smile on our face and you always have one on your face, I think. I think it's probably there 24 hours a day. Or um, I have that sense anyway that you walk in a very positive space, that that's where you live. And is that true even when you were working as a nurse, you know, in the clinical space? Was that one of your, was that part of your modus operandi to, to be in that, that positive person? Oh, that's such a great question. And (laughs) when you were asking immediately, my first reaction was going to say no, because Hmm. I've done a lot of change. And and part of the reasons that I do what I'm doing now is because I was so miserable. However, however, I think it was, even though I was really unhealthy and really had no coping skills and inside was like a tormented mess. I hid that really well because I was a leader on my unit. And you know what? I think that I was always smiling because I could always get any, you know, of the staff to do what I wanted them to do. I would get the doctors to hold off on admissions or I'd get, you know, the rooms cleaned really fast for, you know, a move a changed room. And, and I had the patients all excited to come to group. I worked in psychiatry. Mm. So I think that I probably did have an upbeat personality, which I'm so glad did shine through, even though I was that unhealthy. So yes, I'm glad to say yeah. I did. <laughs> Kevin, are you surprised that Elizabeth had an upbeat personality at work? Are you kidding me? <laughs> My goodness, it's infectious. But that's the point, folks. I mean, we're hanging out on the mic here, the three of us, you know, right. trying to spew all of this like positive energy, and we're going to continue to do so. But here's the thing, like what if you as an individual could maybe hone in uh, or connect with or isolate someone that maybe your infectious smile and energy could transfer to them. And so just like any infection, you connect with one and then another and then another and then throughout the whole organization. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and just try to, at your very best, not to say like, hey, I don't want to hear you. But when the negativity comes up and when all this stuff is, acknowledge it, maybe whether you agree or disagree, and then say, okay, how can we actually make this better instead of wallowing in the mire? Because essentially, we're all just going to get stagnate in that. And then the pot gets stirred, and then more of the issues kind of come up. But it's like, okay, 
let's get that smile on. Let's get that positive energy. Let's kind of start moving this needle. How can we collectively come together as a group of nurses, as professionals, and make some positive change here? I mean, if you feel disempowered by yourself, but you feel more empowered with someone else, start aligning yourself. And I'm not trying to say create these groups and alliances where, you know, people aren't part of the cool kids group or whatever. I'm just saying together, let's, let's unite and get and amplify our voices together and encourage each other. Like, Hey, you're right. We should talk to so-and-so about that. Would you like me to take the lead on that? Or can we do it together? I mean, this is collaboration. It is. It is. It's a great idea. Yeah. And you know, Speaking of infectiousness, I do have to go see a patient in a few minutes who's had a UTI recently, but I want to say that we have some potential infectiousness here of the potential of Elizabeth gracing our airwaves on a relatively regular basis. We're not quite sure how often that'll be yet, but Elizabeth, we love having you around and we'd love to have your voice added to the conversation for these kind of fireside chats or whatever we want to call them. and. It's just a very positive energy to have here in RNFM. So we'll see how that develops and we'll see what happens. But we know you have some amazing things going on in 2015 and we want to make sure people know about them. So do you want to just mention what's happening during Nurses Week for you just so people start getting a sense of what you're up to? Sure. Thank you. And I really do look forward to the opportunity of joining y'all because this was a lot of fun. So thanks for asking and having me. Um, But Nurses Week, mark your calendars. You don't have to do anything just yet. Uh, But May 5th through May 8th, there's a virtual conference coming to the computer, telephone, and any other easy way to access it on your own time. Um, it's called The Art of Nursing 2.0, Navigating the Shifts in Healthcare. We'll be talking leadership, resilience, technology, and communication. And there's 12 wonderful guest speakers that I've been interviewing all month of March. You can participate as an individual or you can be that change agent and take this to the leadership in your organization and see if they will bring it to your organization for every nurse to participate for Nurses Week. So you can find out more at elizabethscala.com and I look forward to hosting the event because last year's were so successful and the nurses feedback was so positive that's why I'm doing it again because I Honestly, I I second-guessed if I would have. It's a lot of work, but um, I really wanted to do it for all the nurses who participated because they just loved it last year. That is so awesome, Elizabeth. I am just excited because you just crush it anywhere you go. I mean, everywhere (laughs) you go, you're just crushing it. And I'm always talking about crushing it as a nurse. And I don't mean that like in a a disabling, hateful way. I should hope not. you're You're just rocking it, girl. And you're rocking it here with us on RNFM. And I am so happy to have you a part of this show. I mean, again, I'm just, I'm honored to just have that smile glowing in and I can just feel it right on my face. Me too. And I feel like I just got sunshine on a cloudy day, it, although it's, hey, it's still sunny here. But Evan, still. I think I hear a song coming on. No, just, oh no, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Uh oh. See Elizabeth, you have him smiling. You have him almost singing. I mean, this is, this is historic moment, folks. You heard it here first. Well, maybe not first, but you heard it. Yes, you definitely did. (laughs) So Elizabeth and Keith, I've enjoyed my time with you both today, and I hope the RNFM radio community has as well. So of course, stay tuned to any kind of show notes and social media that goes out with this particular show. Uh, At this point, I don't think we've numbered the show, but it's coming out. So you're, because you're really listening to it. (laughs) Right now we're recording it, and right now you're listening to it. So whatever that is. Anyway, 
just continue to innovate and create, find passion in your life and your career each and every day. Care for yourself while caring for others. And we look forward to having you all back here with us again, even the three of us and Elizabeth as well, Elizabeth, Keith, and myself on the Pulse of Nursing on RNFM Radio. Thank you.